Hi, I'm Rocky Kanaka, and welcome to An Animal Saved My Life. Today's episode is about Mari Sasano and her horse, Dash. In this episode, we're going to learn about how animals can help you heal from depression, not just by being there for you, but actually by challenging you. My name is Mari Sasano, and I am a uh, writer and editor in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I always really love wildlife and, and animals. Like it always really fascinated me. So I was always drawn to, you know, um, whether it's on TV or like you see a cow in the field. I was always really interested in that. So so you knew from a very young age that that uh, your love for horses was something that you wanted to pursue? Oh, um, I like when I was a very little girl, um, my sister and I actually were twins and we share this this passion. For as long as I can remember, I've I've been very interested in them and wanted to, you know, be around them. And yeah, like I read all the Misty books and the Black Beauty books and I was always like kind of thinking about it and I was always wondering what it would be like. And I didn't actually literally sit on a horse until I think I was maybe eight or nine and my parents indulged us with a trail ride. Mari knew from that moment that all she wanted to do was ride, but it would be a little bit before she had the chance to actually do it seriously. Finally, uh, when we were about maybe about 12 years old, our school actually had sort of, sort of like different options that we can take a week and, and try different activities. And most kids went skiing, but I don't, you know, that's a, a bunch of things I don't like. So uh, it's cold, it's fast, it's dangerous. And, and so one of the options was, was to go to this barn and to take some riding lessons. And we were just like, yes, finally. So my sister and I signed up for it and we got to go for very beginner lessons like once a week for a couple couple of weeks. And it was so good. It was thrilling. I'm a fairly small person. I'm about five feet one and I'm fairly shy and reserved generally. So basically any horse is big to me. It's like having a friend. It's like having like a really good gigantic friend. At the first bar we went to is one, it's sort of like a it's city owned and it's kind of a community, kind of a, a barn. And so they have just a bunch of lesson horses and and we would be able to ride whatever one they assigned for us that week. When we started to take it really seriously at our friend's mom's um, stables, this was a show barn. So people would go there to train and so they can compete. And, uh, you know, we were just a couple of kids. You know, our parents are not wealthy. We were just normal middle class. And it was always, it was, it was a bit tight because, um, there are four kids and we all wanted to do something. We just moved to the city and, and bought, you know, they bought a house and there were expenses. And I know that it was quite hard for them to afford it. But at the same time, they're like, well, the girls seem to really want to do it. So they would make sure we got there. Like we, it was about a 20 minute drive out of town and they just drop us off and we sort of stay there all day and then they come pick us up. And we did a lot of work around the barn to kind of um, help, I guess, pay for lessons. We took lessons on uh, a few horses. Um, one notable horse was a was a Hanoverian named Smedley. And I guess his story was he was quite a fancy show horse until he got um, an injury. So and then he kind of retired and he, he became a, a lesson horse and he taught people how to ride. And he was... You know, like, um, 
just really patient and lovely. And, and because he had this history, he knew what he was doing. And at the same time, like he, um, was also, you know, like he was a retired show horse. He, he had his best days behind him and uh, he always seemed really sensitive to what his role was. And in a way, like being allowed to ride him and being allowed to take him to shows was like, I don't know why they let us do that. That is so, that is so kind to allow us to do that. We would go to um, a couple of little shows every year. And that was, you know, like maybe some of the happiest memories that I have of my childhood is, um, is hanging out with, with that guy, Smedley. We were both extremely shy. Like I, I'm still a fairly shy person. I didn't totally love being around big groups of people because sometimes people were horrible. Like I did have, a, I was bullied in uh, grade seven to nine. It, it was a, it felt like a lot of work to, to sort of like be a person in the world. So did you ever experience a time with horses like Smedley where you were being bullied and you had a bad day and you were able to go spend time with the horse and that made things better? My entire junior high life was terrible. There was like one specific kid who would pick on me and um, I couldn't make it stop. And so, you know, I'd come home from that and it's like, all right, well, I am coming from a world where this specific person and his friends think that I am not even human. And then I go to a place where I can, you know, like be around this horse who not only doesn't pick on me, he thinks that it's it's worth his while to try to do a good job. And Smedley was like, you know, he was he's a horse, so he doesn't judge people in the same way. But at the same time, um, horses are really sensitive to how people are. So they know if you're in a good mood. They know if you're kind of a terrible person. They know, right? Like, so this guy, Smedley, was he was always a little bit anxious and and sensitive and um it did feel like he trusted us it did feel like he's like you know what i have seen some things in my life i can tell that you're you're not always comfortable and happy but i will take care of you and we will take care of each other and we were there for each other Unfortunately, Mari and her sister had to stop riding as they got to be older teens. School got harder, transportation got harder, and it kind of seemed like life got harder. After the break, we'll learn about why Mari really needed to reconnect with horses as an adult. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Tell me about your struggle with depression. How did that start and how did you deal with it? One of the things that happened to both of us is I think we were both kind of like undiagnosed depressives. Kind of when we were in high school, we had kind of a period where everything felt terrible and I just didn't enjoy 
anything. And then kind of high school sort of picks up and you make friends and things kind of get a little bit easier. Then, you know, and so that just seemed like, oh, well, that was just, you know, teenage angst, not a big deal. But when we were in our early 20s, my sister actually had quite a severe episode and she finally got diagnosed. Depression is actually kind of boring. It's like you're just sort of despondent and you don't know why and you don't have any energy and everything feels like, you know, impossible. So that's sort of what I saw my sister go through. And then I went through the same thing a few years later. And that's, yeah, like it just, it just seems like, you know, nothing's ever going to get better because I'm the worst person in the world and I deserve to feel bad because I will never, I will never um, meet anyone's expectations. And like, that's, that's just what I get. Somehow I got better. And then it's like, wow, that's that was a really hard time in my life. Um, but then just you don't really think about it until it happens again. So it happened again for me in my mid-20s. I got married quite young and then as a result, divorced quite young. And that was really hard on me. I mean, it's hard on anyone, but, um, you know, I, I think I didn't know how to deal with that. And so it kind of fell apart a little bit. And I think that for a lot of years, I just spent just kind of scraping by recovering from that particular, I guess, you know, traumatic event. And um, the best way that I could cope with that was I I spent most of my adult life being self-employed as a writer because it was flexible enough to accommodate things like, you know, needing to to cry for an hour or you know like I'm so tired I, I can only I can only be awake for a certain amount of time did you miss having horses in your life during that time I always thought about horses I always missed them so you know writers make very little money and I made ends meet somehow and I just never I never really thought that I could ever you know basically do anything fun for myself ever again that was you know on and off for many, many, many years is I would, I would, you know, get better and then work my butt off and then fall apart and then, and then we start again. And that was okay because I was getting by. Getting by is good enough. And then I went to the doctor finally and it's like, hey, I think you're depressed. I'm like, I think so too. And it was kind of a relief and kind of shameful at the same time to get finally diagnosed. But that was sort of like, the first step in trying to become like a normal person again. Well, and, and Mari, for me, animals in my life have always been something that, that has grounded me, brought me back to reality, helped, helped move me forward. Um, have you been able to get back to the love of your life? And that is horses. Yes. So I scraped together a living somehow for almost 20 years. Like my entire life was work. Because if you don't work, you don't, you don't get paid. So about four years ago, and like this is really recent, right? Like four years ago, I got hired part-time working for uh, the government. A part-time job actually became a full-time job that Mari liked and was good at. And things started to actually change for Mari. So after this very exciting youth, suddenly I had this extremely stable and comforting stability and I had never had that and it was amazing 
So, um, my twin sister, who also rode, who also had to give it up, started riding again. And she was just like, you should do this. If, if you have a chance, you should go back to it because it's, it will, you will save or save your life. It will, you know, it will be the thing that, you know, you can look forward to and always have. And I'm like, well, it never occurred to me that I would ever have that. I had always believed that, you know, my life is about scarcity. So two years ago, I'm just like, you know what, I, I, I will try and see how that goes. So Mari started riding again, and then she met a horse who really challenged and motivated her. Tell me about Dash. The horse that I'm riding now is a, um, he's a school horse. You know, many different people ride him, and I guess I'd been assigned to him. He's like, well, why don't you ride Dash? I'm like, okay. And he's, um, he's a good guy. Like, he's just like a, he's a, he's very patient. He's so tolerant. Like, that's the thing about, about, um, a school horse is they work really hard to interpret, you know, what our body is saying to them, our legs and our arms and how our, how our weight is on them. Yeah. Mari, can you tell me what Dash looks like? Oh, yeah. Um, so he's a thoroughbred. So he's, um, lean and muscular and, uh, he's not gigantically tall. Uh, he's maybe um, he's his shoulder is about the top of my head, so he's about um, fifteen hands. So one hand is four inches or ten centimeters. Um, he is uh, dark bay, so he's brown, and his mane and his tail are black. Um, he's he is actually, you know, not the most handsome horse ever. He's just what they call a plain brown wrapper. So he's just he's just a brown horse. He's just like a solid dude, right? He's just yeah. a good guy. So um, when I first started, like I, you know, I had been riding for a few months by that point. And I was riding him once a week and I'm learning a bunch of new things but like I can tell some days I'm, I'm riding around and he's just like, okay, all right, <laughs> just do the things. And, um, and he'll you know, maybe throw his head up or something just to show me that he's not pleased. So he's actually um, good that way in that he's not a push button horse. He doesn't just do things because he's anticipating. He's doing things because you're actually asking for things. And if you ask for things wrong, he won't do it. And that just forced Amari to get better. Uh, last January, I started taking two lessons a week because I'm just like, I it, I feel great when I do this. I feel like um, it's like a reset button where I can have like the worst week or worst day ever. And then I go to the barn and I, and I you know, get in the saddle and it's like, okay, um, this I understand. I'm going to do this for an hour. And then I don't think of anything except that. And um, now I ride him three times a week. I, I spend a little bit more money just to for the pleasure of having like a day a day a week where I can just practice. So, like I'll walk up to the paddock and say, "Hey, Dash," and he'll like kind of look up. And he's like, oh, "Hey." Um, every once in a while, he'll make some sounds. He'll just he'll kind of go, Whoa. and that's thrilling. Right? Like. Um, like it's it's nice to be recognized. Like, oh, it's you again. I don't mind you. <laughs> and then I give him a carrot, and we're like, "Hey, you want to go for a ride?" And he's like, "Okay." 
the amazing, amazing thing is um, now that I've been writing him for a year and a bit, people are n- notice that we're a good team and that, you know, it's just my heart gets like all warm when I think about that. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. So Mari, does spending time with horses help mentally and, and with depression, keeping you away from depression or, or coming out of that? You internalize a lot of the the stigma, right? Like, so you're like, okay, I am a depressed person. I am literally insane and I am, you know, not as good as other people. You don't necessarily expect things to get better. You expect things to always be terrible. And, you know, for a lot of years, they were always, yeah, like it was always a struggle. It was always something was a disaster and I was putting out fires constantly. And with with Dash now, um, sometimes the world seems like really terrible and unbearable. Like I think um, politically there's a lot of mutual distrust of various different kinds of people and, and hatreds. And that's pretty hard to, to take day after day. But then like I get in an attack and I understand what, what I'm supposed to do. I understand what I am to expect for, you know, however long an hour that I'm there. You know, the world outside doesn't change, but I feel better. I have this theory. There's this mode of therapy, counseling, where it's like uh, your therapist will use this sort of bilateral movement, and it's usually eye movement, so you look back and forth. And for some reason, that rewires your brain and allows you to process your thoughts and feelings in a way that you're no longer reactive. And I think that riding is a bit like that because it is a bilateral movement you know like it kind of has the same effect where it puts you in a place in your head that is healthy that is um you're processing your thoughts and feelings without um being overwhelmed by them does dash ride better with you than other people well you know i don't want to brag but that's what people say and that's so flattering you know like that feels really good it's like you're not i'm not totally incompetent you know it's one thing to to do something for yourself and um you know learn things but when when your partner is like we're gonna do a really good job because we're a good team because now i know what you want from me and we are reading each other's signals like writing in a lot of ways is like um, ballroom dance you know we're leading and they respond but you know you have to kind of agree on what the signals are as you get more sophisticated they will get on the bit they so there's this thing where you get on the bit and it means that they are looking for what your hands are saying on the reins and it's like having it's like holding hands it's like you've got like your hands communicating directly with his head and neck and mouth and it is 100% of your effort and attention to when you're riding. Like everything goes into it. Like physically, you have to you have to be there. Mentally, you need to be thinking about what's happening. Um, you know, like emotionally, uh, you have to stay like calm and kind of aware of emotional energy together. So I think that you know it's sort of uh, you know meditative almost. Because of how much awareness you have to put into 
this activity, it's kind of really humbling to think that, like, you know, um, under any most circumstances, he should just, you know, like, um, kick me and run away. But instead, he chooses to listen to what I'm saying. Like, he, he chooses to work really hard to interpret what my body is doing, what my voice is doing, and like he listens to me when I encourage him. Like, isn't that lovely? Isn't that really beautiful? Like, it, it's amazing. Do you, do you think that's because you guys have built a trust? And if so, how how did you do that? Um, I think he enjoys like my energy. If you're going to be all woo woo about it, like he he likes the cut of my jib. And I really enjoy his attitude. So it's like a personality thing, first of all, is he's, he's pretty, he's pretty no nonsense. Um, he loves food. Like he's very motivated by food and, you know, so am I. And, um, I, you know, I figured out a way to scratch him on his ears when he, you know, he really likes that. And, and I think that, uh, we're kind of, we kind of are, always in process always learning a little bit about how we can get along my life felt so hard for a a long time and then I kind of after a long time got better and I I felt kind of normal and fine for several years now which is like the longest time in my adult life that I felt fine I feel like this is where I was heading where I needed to kind of end up this is my home right like this is this is where i need to be mari if you could talk to dash and dash could understand everything that you said (laughs) what would you tell dash i would say i'm just really trying my best i'm trying really hard and i'm sorry if sometimes i get it wrong but i am so grateful at how hard he tries and i really appreciate just how much he wants to figure out what it is that I want him to do. For human friends, that's what a human friend does, is you will work extremely hard to figure out what your deal is. That's a friend, right? And to to know what the other person needs and know that um, they will also be there for you. I just want Dash to know that I really appreciate that. And I, I can see that he's doing that. And um, I'm really grateful and, and humbled by, by that. You can follow Mari and find her writing on Twitter at Mari Sassano. That's M-A-R-I-S-A-S-A-N-O. I'm Rocky Kanaka. Thanks for listening to An Animal Saved My Life. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the next episode of Inspirational Animal Stories. 